Welcome to Justifying the F-Word, episode number six. And as always, the F-Word, we are referring to those best years of your life, your 40s and 50s. Well, really, guys, you can be living that in your 20s, your 60s, any age. We are just grateful that you are tuning in. Yeah, we don't discriminate. We've had a few people come up to us and be like, hey, I'm, I'm not in my 40s or 50s, but I really like your episodes. And I, we're like, well it's just a good name. It's a great name. You see what we did there? The F word, 40s, 50s. But yes, so if you are not in that demographic, that is okay. We accept open arms, anyone and everybody that comes our way. And I will tell you, there's a lot of these good lessons learned that we talked about, that we do talk about, that I wish I would have learned in my 20s and 30s, for sure. For sure. So, uh, Megan... That's me. Yeah. Kind of a big week for you. I mean, a big winner, winner, chicken dinner here. Yes. <laughs> so if you are, if you've been with us this far, we're just going to say. Well, first off, I'd like to say I'm sorry because it's probably been a lot of us, <laughs> a lot of us coming at a you lot at of, once. A lot of QB and Megan coming at you. but Like a fire hose. Yes. Um, but if you've been on, listened to all of the episodes, um, I have talked about having hip surgery about three and a half weeks ago. If this is your first time tuning in, then bringing you up to speed. But this week I was finally cleared to um, ditch the crutches and the brace and to take off walking. So yeah, pretty exciting stuff. A little nerve wracking the first day. Yeah, definitely. I I. I feel a little gun shy, but every day feeling just a little bit stronger. So that is the goal. And they told me right from the get-go, this is going to be a patient recovery. So I feel like that might be my life lesson I need to learn or something. I don't know. <laughs> I will know. say, for those of you that don't know Megan well, it's almost comical when they say she has to be patient. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, the world's trying to teach me something. <laughs> um, other highlight of my week was... Going to a work dinner, Quinn's uh, company work dinner, um, able to meet two of our listeners from Richfield, Utah. They came up and so nice to meet them and to talk to them about the podcast. And I I think it was great because uh, her husband was there and she was giving him the riot act about marriage insurance. Yeah, (laughs) it was great. It was great fuel on the fire. And he was looking at me going, thanks a lot, dude. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So QB, you had a a big week. Yeah. Let's hear it. I had a, um, I'd like to say a sales summit with my team for two days in park city. And it was 7.30 to 5 p.m. every day. We had all sorts of vendors in, territory reviews. And it was a huge success. So it was a lot of fun. A lot of good things were learned and a lot of team building. So, you know, for all the for for those of us in, in our 40s and 50s, sometimes we get excited about those kind of things. Yeah, so full, full nerding out, nerd conference. <laughs> yeah, so it was exciting. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take you back in the place and time. Yeah. Okay. We're going to rewind back to a day and time when I had hair. This is a real long time. <laughs> we're, re- we're reaching back, baby. This is, this is actually before I knew Megan. Yes. Yeah. So we're going, we're going way back. Okay. But this all ties in. So don't be like, okay, they're just rambling. Yeah. So let me paint a picture. So we decided. Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is going to be a good one. So. A couple friends and I decided that we were going to hit the off season 
and go down to Chile and Peru to go snowboard, being that their seasons are opposite. And so we made big plans and we did it. And it was awesome. So we spent we spent some time down in Chile, in the south of Chile, uh, snowboarding and having a great time. And then we decided that, hey, we're down here. We've got about a month and a half while we're doing this. Let's go up to Peru. So we took a bus up to Peru thinking that was a good idea. Little And, and Megan's done it as well. But it's it's about like driving across America. It's like a 25-hour like, bus ride. When Quinn and I did this <laughs> trip together, it was one that I was like, I'm really a ignorant American and did not realize. Chile's a really long country. A really long country. It was like going from San Francisco to like New York yeah. on a bus with chickens and yeah. people peeing out the window. Yeah. No, that was in Peru. Not so much Chile. uh, chili was like a little step above. Oh, come on. Okay. So anyway, um, we got into Peru and we decided we were going to backpack the Inca Trail. So we got out there and there were three of us, well, three of us, and uh, we were going and I ended up befriending these two Israeli guys on the trip. So if Shahal and Ma'oh are listening, I might be slaughtering their names, but that's how I remember they were pronounced. Uh, it was a really long time <laughs> Both these guys had just gotten out of the Israeli military and were out just kind of seeing the world, which was really cool. So I, it was really fascinating. I had a really good time talking with them and getting to know them. But we were all starving because we packed our own food and, you know, you're going up in over 14,000 foot summits carrying all your own stuff. And popular to, uh, or I should say, what's not very well known about the Inca Trail is they ran it. So if you were to stand at the stairs, they come up about to your kneecap. Yeah, like when we, Quinn and I did it, we have a picture of me with my backpack on and the steps were higher than my kneecaps. And I'm 5'5". Five five. So yeah. if that kind of paints a picture of it, I like to call it the... Uh, the um, Stairmaster from hell. That's what I was like. What is it at the gym? So imagine yeah. just being on this this stairmaster to hell. So. Yeah, and, and if you've seen Emperor's New Groove, it pretty much looks like that. Straight yes. down, straight up, straight down, straight up. So anyway, you burn a lot of calories. So we were absolutely starving. So one of my Israeli buddies kept talking about, dude, when we get back, you need to have this meal. It's called lomo a la pobre. It's incredible, which means poor man's loin, which is a little odd, but it's basically... I think that right there, it should have been where you were questioning your life. It's it's basically everything in the kitchen sink. It's mashed potatoes, rice, steak, hot dogs, fried eggs, all on one platter. So we talk about this thing the whole time, and we get back, and we eat this thing, and we devour it. And I mean, I am talking clean the thing. You just clean the plate. It was incredible. So later that night, I'm laying in bed. And I'm like, oh man. And and where was this bed? The, I was in a hostel, and yeah, and it, we're not talking like two star hotel. We're talking, hotel. We're we're talking not like even... <laughs> seven dollar a night shared, like yes. hostel shared bathroom. Like the you sleep in your sleeping bag and do not let any part of your yeah. body touch the mattress. And we're also talking like the bathroom is a shower with no no shower curtain. It all hits the toilet. Everything gets wet when you shower in there. So. Anyway, I start feeling like I'm going to die. I got to get to the bathroom right now. And I start uh, I start exiting at all orifices of my body at that point. Your, your ears? <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty darn close. And I sit there and I legitimately am that sick 
for four days, just throwing up consistently. Now, mind you, this is a shared bathroom. So everybody, like when I was done throwing up, I had to walk out in the hallway. And at this point, I'm buck naked wrapped in a towel because I have just, we're not going to get into those yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep so, it classy. Keep it classy. Keep it classy. I wasn't porky pig in it, as yeah, you would say. Yeah, porky pig in it. So at night three, or I should say it was it was the end of, well, I came out of it night four, or day four. But at night three, I roll over onto my knees, and I pray to God, and I say, God, it has been a good life. <laughs> Take me Take me now. Because yeah. I, I seriously thought I was dying. Like, I thought it was the end of my life. I thought I was legitimately dying. Like, I had I had nothing left to give, as as you can imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, In all yeah, senses of the it, word. As the little drummer boy would say, I had no gift it, to give. Yeah, yes, no more. Yeah, there was nothing else, nothing else. And it, yeah, it was just absolutely horrific. So I prayed to die. Well, I'm here today. No, you got to finish the story. I, oh, I will, okay, I, I was so, like, the next day yeah. is the best part. So I, so I, I did not die that night, and I kind of wait. As, you're not. Dead. No, as the day went on, I started feeling a little bit better and a little bit better, and I was like, I can actually stand up now without collapsing. So, I went and I showered, and I I bought a bottle of Inca Cola, and delicious and i was all alone and i went and showered and i put some clothes on and i was just almost convulsing i was so weak and i went out to the courtyard and it was the first time i had like and it was dark outside seen the day seen the day and there was nobody there besides this old peruvian lady and just like you would see like in the pictures like the bowler hat on the big colorful skirts the blouse and she had to have been i don't know 70 like this old lady and I went down and sat neck, right down next to her, and she was watching Interview with a Vampire in Spanish, which was hung from a TV that was suspended in chicken wire at an angle so you could look up and see <laughs> it. And, and she, looked, she took one look at me, and she grabbed my head, and she pulled it and laid it on her shoulder and put her arm around me, and I just sat and cried. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was so happy. I was alive. And uh, that's what kind of gets us into this episode is, is we want to talk today about gratitude, being that it is the Thanksgiving season. Fun fact about me is uh, William Bradford is my eighth great grandfather. So well, yeah, yeah. right in the Mayflower, baby. Yeah. So definitely next week or this week coming up Thanksgiving. So like Quinn said, spirit of Thanksgiving, not dying. Um, so I was pretty grateful about not dying at that moment. Yeah. So, um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit, um, about luxury. So Quinn, talk to us about luxury yeah. in the sense where we're going to tie that into gratitude. For sure. Um, when I mean luxury, I'm not talking about fluffy robes at the four seasons, which are nice. We do. They're delightful. Those. Yeah, they are delightful. <laughs> a good Mexican vacation, right? No, but when I'm talking about luxury, I'm talking about the ability to care. So one thing I think is really interesting, I'm going to go back to Peru, Chile, and you know, I spent some time in the Dominican Republic as well, living in these countries. And you see these people that work so hard every single day, and they're very, very humble people as far as having any physical possessions. They're next to nothing, dirt floors, um, maybe a flushing toilet, but most likely an outhouse. But you see that they're happy. But their main priority and their concerns in their day in, day out lives is just to put food on their table. And you hear the expression all the time of, oh, these people are, are so humble, but so happy. They have so little, but they're so happy. 
And why I really think that is, is as our fight or flight reduces in the realm of being able to feed our children, keep a roof over our house, or make sure our basic needs are met, we start to lose track of what's important. And we're given what I call the luxury of caring. And Megan, do you want to break that down in a South American dog analogy? Yeah, so so it's the kind of deal that um, in our family, we love the movie Coco. Like our... Our son, for quite a while, just literally, I think he thought he was... He thought he was a mariachi. Yeah. And um, anyway, so the reason why I bring this up is they have Dante in this movie, and Dante's the dog. And if you've ever traveled, and Quinn and I have been, you know, kind of all through South America, we go to Mexico, all of that, you're going to see these stray dogs, and they're good-looking dogs, and... No, they're not. (laughs) Okay, so some of them. And I think Dante shows it where he has like the half bitten off ear. But it's patches of fur. Yeah. And and part of it is that these these families, they they just don't have time or the resources or the luxury to be like, okay, I have this time to have this this animal, this pet in my family. And then you look kind of, you know, more having luxury in your life. And we in the United States or more in um, a, you know, we have these animals stay in our house. We have that. They're they're in our top probably five favorite things if you have a dog, right? Or a cat. Or a cat. And so kind of looking at it is it's that luxury of being able to have that animal and to have them be part of your family. We be- have the ability to care. Because in like South America, it's another mouth to feed. Yeah. And so with that being said, there's a lot of things that we deem as way too important. And we're going to kind of break down some different aspects of gratitude because, I mean, we all, when, when I think about Thanksgiving and I think about gratitude, I think about the little tracing of the hand turkey. Oh, <laughs> oh that's my favorite. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 you're in elementary school. I actually have one hanging up in my and office. And they are my favorite. Yeah, they little are my little favorite. chubber hands. But you think about the elementary school activity of making the hand turkey and writing out the things that you're grateful for. And in a lot of ways, you know, that's kind of a, it's almost like a New Year's goal being this platitude, right? It's just this thing that you're assuming like, hey, yeah, I'm grateful for this, but there's nothing behind it other than a, a basic We're feeling. We're almost, almost like an assignment, but... uh Going back to just the luxury of caring is one of the things that I've started to do is kind of when you have a bad day and you're feeling overwhelmed and they're almost like it's piling on is I look at it and I'm like, this is a first world problem. Mm. You know, being that like, okay, so if I really boil it down to is some of these things are just layers of things that, that don't really at the end of the day matter. It's a first world problem. I have that luxury of caring. So yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. So just look at that in your life. Is there things that you are, you're, you're putting way too much importance on because you have the luxury of doing so? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, once again, drawing it back to people that are in more humble circumstances, are they that concerned that they didn't go to lunch with their girlfriends? Yeah. And, and it's a first or world problem. Are they more concerned that, oh my gosh, we were able to get clothes for our child and they're grateful for that. 
Yes. So we all know what gratitude is. Okay. We all know what it is. We've learned about it. Like Quinn was saying is we do the lesson at school with the turkey hand, which is great. I'm still grateful to be alive and that I didn't die in that Peruvian hospital. He sure is. And it's just fun fact about Quinn's family is they have this, you tell them about the candle. (laughs) (laughs) Because you just have to understand Quinn's family. (laughs) So... Oh my gosh. So probably the most uncomfortable thing that like we do as a family uh, that we did growing up is around. I think you guys vetoed it as adults. Around Thanksgiving, my mom would say, okay, we're going to light this candle and everybody, and we would do it at Christmas too. And everybody would have a small candle in front of them too. And you'd say something that you would, you were grateful for. And then you would pass it on and light the next person's candle and do it. I think it's amazing. And then my mom would always give the uh, the precursor. Make sure you say something really nice to your father. He's he's the emotional one in this family, so make sure. Yeah, and then you guys, he would get a little teary eyed, and all the eyes would go down to the the <laughs> table, you know. And it's and it would be Quinn every year. He's like, I feel so uncomfortable. I'm like, it's good for you. But anyway, so we know what gratitude is. Thanksgiving is coming up. We're hearing all the buzzwords about it. Our kids are doing the art projects at school. Karen has a sign hung up in her home that says gratitude is attitude. Yes, Yes. Karen does. (laughs) But anyway, today we are going to take a different spin on gratitude. And we're going to talk about gratitude being a verb, an action word. So Quinn, what does that mean making gratitude an action word? Well, like I said, if you you look at gratitude, it can be just a complete... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it can be a complete platitude. Get it? Gratitude's a platitude. You got to stop rhyming, Karen. You got to stop. All right. So really being grateful is something that you're engaged in. Okay. I'm going to say that again. Being grateful is something that you're engaged in. So if you're grateful for your job, it's because you are working at your job and you're enjoying it and you're understanding that. Or if you're grateful that you're healthy it's because you're exercising and you feel good about it like but so you're saying more that it's something that is an involvement more than what you just say yeah right yeah. yeah so it's a verb and what's unique about it and this is why i really think gratitude is a verb is it invokes emotions in yourselves and others that validate relationships feelings and experiences So once again, thinking about gratitude being a verb, it is a very powerful thing in making you and others feel great in a positive way. Yeah, I think it's so easy to look at your own life with gratitude with blinders. Like you're Mm -hmm. you're like that horse with the blinders on, not being able to see out. And I think there's times that you sit around, I know I have, and you say, well, my life sucks. Like, why is everyone else? They have it so good. And here, this is happening to me. And so it's very you-centric where it's you're just looking almost narcissistic slightly of gratitude only being one way, only being about you. Oh, yeah. And also, I think in my mind, it's all about taking it all in. And at the same time, giving it back. And I guess, so I guess the best way to look at this is to think of the ocean. 
is you, you think the ocean and the way it pulsates and moves back and forth or surfing, like you can't. Wait, 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 wait. Do you mean <laughs> not trying to, to cling onto your board and not drowning? Is that, is that oh, what we dude. mean? And for those who have never surfed, it is one of those things that looks absolutely beautiful and easy, but it's like getting spun through the spin cycle. Yes. And destroyed. Well, so when we lived in California, we lived out there for two years. We lived, literally, we would walk through our neighbor's backyard and the ocean was on the other side. And when we moved out there, we, Quinn and I were like, we're going to surf. It's got to be easy. You know, you sit out there and you see it and it's just beautiful. People cutting the waves and this euphoric. And let me tell you, it was a whole different experience <laughs> it is it is a you know if you've ever tried it it is a learning experience yeah and I mean to the degree of you think even just trying to get to the wave you have to fight so hard to get past the breakers yeah there was times where going out and not not understanding necessarily how to maneuver the ocean that by the time I got out to that area where you're like I could even think about catching a wave, I was like, I can't, I can't move my arms. You know, how am I going to get it? Am I going to die out here? Am I ever going to get this water out of my near ears and out of my nose? Yeah. I I mean, it was like, yeah, you, you were expending so much energy working against the ocean. And so kind of tying this together, surfing like gratitude is a two way street, meaning you need in order to do it, you need the ocean, and the ocean needs you. Ooh, perfect. Well, and it's, you think about running. You just put your shoes on and run. The, the road doesn't necessarily need you, okay? But you and the ocean have to come together at the same time for it to work. And it has, you have to come together perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and that was one thing that we learned over time. And we did, just sidebar, we did learn how to surf. But uh, I will, Okay, I'm going to give, we learned how to get up. Yes. Move. We weren't by any means great. We were not great, but we, <laughs> but we did it. Yeah. And part of it was over time learning how to read the ocean, like how to read the timing of it, the timing to catch a wave. And there were times we would go out with people that knew what they were doing and they were like, you're paddling at the wrong time. Like you're just working for working sake. You're not necessarily making any ground. So let the ocean work with you. Yeah. And really just like gratitude, it's not free. You have to have resistance. You have to fight for it. And it really comes the benefit, or as we would say, the lemon before the pie in the surfing world, it really benefits from once you get out there and fight, that's when you feel, that's when you get out there, you actually are in the wave, you're in the moment. That's when you can actually catch it and get down it and really feel the flow of it all. And then start screaming. <laughs> so when I, I mean, literally it was a process to learn. And I mean, we were, we were surfing probably these tiny little waves. I mean, they were nothing to, to brag about, but when I caught my first wave, I got up and it was when everything connected at the right moment, you know, just sucked down into that wave. I could feel what that euphoria was, what 
everybody always talks about. I started screaming at the top of my lung, just pumping my fist. And I probably just look ridiculous because it's, yeah. it's, it's, there's little kids <laughs> surfing waves bigger than me. Megan's on the complete outside of ring con at the last break. Yeah. And, and it was, but, but to me, it was like, oh my gosh, like I've worked so hard for this moment. And it's a core memory of catching that wave, like when it all came to, and I think that the whole, the whole coastline knew what was happening (laughs) too, because I was just like, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that goes to show once again, paddling out there, the struggle to get there to even catch the waves. That's like our day in day life. So we have all these things that are bombarding us at all times. And if we could just really sit back and reflect on what's happening, we could say, oh, I'm not struggling. I'm actually out here surfing. So kind of tying it all together is, you know, when you go surf, you get worked over and then you get the reward. And in our lives, we get worked over too. But as we talk about in our episode on resistance, those are the things that make us grow. And so a lot of it is looking around you and your experience and actually enjoying it and taking the gratitude that you can find in each moment and not just the, hey, I'm being pummeled and looking at it and say, I might be being pummeled, but I'm surfing, man. This is really cool. So I'm going to nerd out for a second. There's always a second. (laughs) I'm sorry, because we're talking about the ocean. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of people may not know this, so I'm going to bring it to light. That a wave, they call it an oscillation cycle. So when you, you made that up, no, no just kidding, did not, he didn't. I did not make that up. So if you were to look out at the waves and you see what they call corduroy bro coming in, right? Your stacked up waves before they break. That's actually a, a cyclical movement, almost like a circle underwater. And your wave does not form up until that oscillation cycle breaks. So that's another way to look at life and look at resistance and be able to find gratitude in it is you might be going along, going along, going along, and then hit a bump in the road. Just like that oscillation cycle, that circle breaks when it hits the bottom of the ocean. And then it forms up and creates a wave, but you could never surf the corduroy. Yeah, and there's times, too, surfing, that you might get up, you don't stay up. Meaning, you can start riding that wave but you're not necessarily always going to stay on that wave. There's going to be things that, you know, that resistance that you just didn't know along the way that is going to bump you off and, and that, but getting up and, you know, using that resistance, like Quinn talks about that cycle of creating that wave and riding it is, is a huge part. But I think as part of that, like Megan said, sometimes you fall off, but it's also, just enjoying the fact or being present enough to realize that, hey, I just stood up and I rode a force of nature for a second, which is incredible. And really, I think once you understand the ocean, the wave, the current, the way you sit back and not fight it, it just becomes easier. So like Megan said, when you're paddling out, if you're struggling to paddle out and you're fighting the way it is, it's because you're not timing it right. Or it's because you're not dipping your board and going under the wave, you're trying to go through it. Or when you're trying to catch a wave, you're paddling, 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 but it's you're just not waiting for the right time 
to get up. Yeah. And I think that appreciating what's around you. Mm. So I think a lot of times in our life, we talked last episode about currency of time. We are busier and busier and busier. And so appreciating what's around you, press that pause button. Yeah. Once again, having the luxury of caring. Yes. Luxury of caring, but press that pause button and take it in. Take that moment. So my, my story kind of relating to surfing was Quinn and I, one night we went out at um, watching the sun go down. Yeah, we, we, were, we were surfing at sunset. Sunset, yeah. And we were sitting out, we paddled out, and we were just taking a moment to watch the sun go <laughs> down, letting kind of, you know, not where the, the wave was breaking, but just kind of like rolling, you know, so we weren't moving. Well, and a lot of surfing, for those that you d- that don't know, it's all about timing. So you might have a set come in and then you might have to wait 20, 30 minutes yeah. for the next set to come come in. Yeah. So we were having just this moment, just like, this is so beautiful, kind of, you know, really reflecting on, you know, just talking between the two of us of like, you know, we're so grateful for this life that we have. We're sitting in the middle of the ocean. It's so beautiful. We're watching the sunset. And, and, and for those of you who have never sat in the water as the sun sets, there's an incredible color change. It goes from this blue to almost purple color to a dark murky. It's just, it's so it, neat. Yeah. yeah it was beautiful. like this magical yeah. moment. And so at this exact moment, there was a dolphin that came up <laughs> and jumped over the front of my board. But like, all I saw was a fin and a lot of gray and a lot of gray. And I, I mean, it was like, I just started screaming and it was just <laughs> Megan fell off her board and it was almost like uh, <laughs> it was almost like in the cartoons where it's like you see the feet yeah, move and it's it. like, yeah it was just like <laughs> yeah so um but take that moment slow it down press that pause button because if you're you're feeling like you you're you're not having that gratitude in your life or you're feeling like you fought and fought to get out there Yes. Get out to the break. A lot of times it's stop, analyze it, pause, and then see a different route. See, you know, reflect on it because a lot of times we are creating more resistance in our life, like just like the ocean, than needs be. We're, we're, we're fighting it. It's, I like to, I, I say this all the time and we'll probably do an episode on it, but it's burning empty calories. It's like you will never defeat the ocean. If you're trying to paddle out. Is it like eating celery? Yes. <laughs> exactly. I just saying. Yeah. So if you're trying to paddle out and you're not timing it right, you're not going to defeat the ocean. You're just going to get worked. And that's yes. just how it is. Now, if you submit to it and understand how it works, then you'll be able to get through it just fine. For sure. For sure. So making gratitude into a verb. Okay. Actions versus words. So words of gratitude, they're huge. And we're not going to dismiss that. Like my kids literally get sick and tired. Like we go to any practice they have. If they get in the car and I'm like, did you say thank you to your coach? And they're like, oh no. I'm like, I make a march back over there and go say thank you. And my kids get sick of it. So words are huge, but we're going to focus on um, actions. And that means like living by those words, because I think a lot of times you could say we've all been in those situations where someone's kind of said something and you're like, I I really don't know if they feel that way that they (laughs) said. I kind of think what you mean is like karma, right? 
karma. Like, like what you're putting out there, you get back. Yes. And <laughs> so, that's why I say with a Southern accent, because yeah. in, in the name of surfing. In the name of surfing. Yes. So I had a buddy I used to surf with who had a real, real strong Southern accent. He was from Tennessee. And we had uh, driven down to Ventura. There's a great break down there called Sea Street. And it, it's a pretty open break. So you don't offend a lot of people if you're a bad surfer. Like you can, but you, it's like, isn't the parking lot like oh, under dude, the no? It's the well, highway, it's, it's, like it's next, shady. It's next to the fairgrounds. There's yeah. a lot of homeless people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shady. It's sketchier than all sketchy. Yeah. So I had to go, and uh, I had told my buddy, I said, "Hey, I'm going to take off and get a ride back with so and so because we need to get going." I said, uh, do you have your key in your wetsuit or whatever? I said, I, I just need to get my wallet out of your car. And, and goes, your phone. And my wallet phone. And your my phone. wallet and my phone. He goes, he goes, you know, Quinn, I, 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 don't, I don't really, I don't really lock my car when I surf. I, I think it's just karma. And I'm it's like, karma. And I'm like, dude, there are meth heads everywhere <laughs> walking around the parking lot. I'm pretty sure you trusting doesn't put that back out in the world that they're gonna. Not but I mean, full, your full, full story was your phone and wallet were there. Yeah, so maybe, maybe it was karma. Maybe it was karma. <laughs> but yeah, so karma is what we mean by that again is what you put out into the world. And I think there's times um, in in your life where you've painted a picture of other people that are different than what they are. And um, so one of them, one story that I have is. Um, so after our first, in between our first and second, um, not getting into the nitty gritty. So the guys aren't like, woo, I'm out. But anyway, I went through a pretty gnarly miscarriage and, um, I know a lot of ladies out there, it, it's a common thing that happens, but it was probably one of the most vulnerable things that I've gone through. And it was one of those that, um, near and dear, dear my heart and, um, Anyway, so moving forward, it was years later, there was a girl that I met and I didn't really know her. It was kind of through different channels of people and everybody kept saying, oh my gosh, this person's so stuck up. They're so this, they're so that. And the person had never been like rude to me. So I was like, okay. But from the outside, this person looked like they had everything. Like they had the nicest car, they had the nicest house, they had the nicest clothes, like hair, everything was just absolutely, you know, I would say goals, you know? And, um, one day I, it was just, we happened to be in the same circle and sat down and got to know her a lot better. And kind of this story came up of how she'd had such a hard year. And I was like, well, do tell, like, is there something I can help you with? And, she went on to tell about how she had had eight miscarriages in the last two years. And it was one of those that immediately I was just like, oh. like, you know, just like, I can't believe it took me this long of like listening to other people. And also kind of at that time being able to take my own experience of, you know, vulnerability and using not hiding behind it, but to help this person um, at that time um, and everything that she went through. But it was eye-opening to me to realize that, you know, being a good friend and a good person, we didn't end up being best friends. And that wasn't the point of it, but was to, you know, put out there the good vibes and not listen to what other people say in that situation. Yeah, I think using, I think it, taking a negative and using it as a positive 
in helping somebody, I've always been grateful for people who have shared something difficult that they have gone through. And instead of hiding it or being ashamed of it, they've used it as an opportunity to teach me something or say, Hey dude, you're not alone in this. Like, yeah. And yeah. Learn from those experiences. Um, we talked in, um, our resistance episode about the recession and it, we're not bringing it up again to be like, whoa, us or anything is we, we've had multiple family members that are like, you got to kind of stop talking about that. And we're like, no, do you know how many people that we have opened up to talk about that, that have come up and said, dude, you've helped me because you used a moment that was really hard and it helped me to look at my outlook totally different. So we used a hard experience to like try to help other people because we've grown from it. And looking at a lot of these experiences we've gone through, we would never take it back because taking it back would mean that it would be a different Quinn, a different Megan that is sitting here right here today. Once again, you, you have to fight through the waves to, to get the prize. And going back to what we were talking about with karma, meaning, you know, what you put out is what it's you, karma. It karma. What you put out <laughs> is what you get back is in the times of our life where we don't feel gratitude. You know, the times in our life where we might feel the most self-pity, where we might feel like we're the most alienated probably are the times in our lives when we're the most narcissistic. For sure. You're just focusing on you. It's the, oh, why me, all of this. And I think a great story. So we actually living in California, um, we had gone through the recession and we were living, what, in like a thousand square foot house with our kids, didn't have a lot of space, right? And we were broke. We were broke. I mean, it was- <laughs> Really one, broke. Yeah, so it was kind of, Quinn and I were in- I hate to admit it, but it was like a, whoa, me, this, the world, this has happened to me and all of this. And we had a friend that. We, yeah. We had a friend over for dinner that yeah, night. Yeah. He had moved out there and was going to move his family out there. He's like, I, you know, so we had him over for dinner and I remember sitting down at the dinner table, our kids had gotten up and left and we kind of got on this. Quinn and I, this woe me, our life so hard. Like, you know, kind of like I'm working so hard and, you know, we don't have money for this and did it. It just kind of the snowball rolling effect of negativity. And I remember playing his day, our friend looked at us and he just, you know, just smiled and just kept nodding. And, and I just said, finally, at the end, he didn't interrupt. And I was like, well, how's your day? And he's like, it's going good. And I'm like, oh, so how's your new place? And he's like, I guess it's all right. Like, I've been living on the streets. Yeah, he said, you know what? To make it easier for my family, he's like, I can live out of my car. Yeah, he's like, I'm living out of my car. And I, you know, I, I found this mattress. And he was like <laughs> explaining all of it. And it wasn't like this, like, you know. It hey, wasn't this pity. He was it, like, it wasn't was like, like to hey, put salt in the wound or anything. To make this happen, this is what I'm going to do. And at that moment, I mean, we felt ridiculous. Yeah, it was just one of those that I, I was just taken back. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, because I went within seconds of feeling like we're in this old house. We don't have this to, to hey, immediately going, my kids have a bed. We have a bed. 
We are feet. We have food on the table. Instant gratitude. Instantly. And instant gratitude. And with feeling that instant gratitude, we were like, bud, you're living with us. Yeah. Like, so he, move in he right was now. our roomie um, for about seven months. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was awesome. We didn't have a lot of room, but we were like, no, dude, you're moving in. And he he was just one of those that was such a good, like. I would say gauge of perspective. For sure. And, and he was just there to always support. And because a lot of people would be like, you have a guy that lives on your couch. I'm like, yeah, but I wouldn't exchange it for anything because the talks that he had in his perspective on life, I value so highly. And I look back at that and I'm like, that right there, that was supposed to take place. Like he was supposed to be there. And I look back and now I'm like that house that we lived in that I was saying, whoa, me. I tell Quinn this to this day was my favorite house I've ever lived in. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. So, um, yeah. So how many moments of gratitude pass you by without your, you being willing to take them in? Yeah. I think, I think in life, and we've talked about this before, but you're driving down the road and you're seeing all this beautiful scenery, but all you're waiting for is the big hurrah, the place you're trying to get to. It's like, if you go on vacation, if you happen to go to Mexico you don't take into account that you're on this airplane flying through the air and going, oh my gosh, I can't believe well, that this is a modern marvel. But I, I, I think a good example is Quinn and I have hiked the Inca Trail. Yeah. So if you've done the Inca Trail, along the way, there's probably like 20 different ruins. Yeah. So by the time you get to Machu Picchu, it's still cool, but it loses its... It's luster a yeah. little bit. And I know that sounds crazy because you've seen the pictures, but then you look back and you're yeah. like, you're in oh awe. my gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I want to use a metaphor of having all sorts of incredible things pass by you. So Megan and I, one day it was absolutely nuking snow. I mean, just pounding. And it had snowed the day before too. And there was so much powder. And uh, for those of you that ski powder or don't ski, powder's really, really light. It's like skiing through flour. It, yeah. Like baking flour. It just, and, and Utah snow is so dry that it just busts through you. And it is the funnest, bounciest. It's like you're on marshmallows. It's the, it's, it's the greatest thing ever. So I was like, hey, I know it's going to be deep. And so I got out my like hardcore Gore-Tex Arcteric shell. And we're not sponsored by Arcteryx, but if you'd like to, they're cool. So sponsor yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I get out my Arcteryx shell. Um, I load it up with uh, I my inside pocket because I'm like, you know, it's too, it, it's too, there's too much snow to put anything in an outside pocket. So I'm going to put my phone in there, some snicker bars, like kind of everything that I need. So we're skiing and we get down into this awesome goalie and it is what do you think like waist to chest yeah chest it's deep. like chest deep yeah just ridiculous this and, was like run number two yeah and megan's like hey get a picture of me because you could only see basically like my arms yeah and i was like covered in powder and i was i was um like up above the mountain ahead of him so i was like this would be awesome like you get a picture and it's just gonna be crazy so you know? so I reach into this pocket. And so for those of you that are unfamiliar with Arcteryx coats, they're stupid expensive, like just absolutely stupid. They're the highest end of the high-end ski coats. And I get in there and I unzip the pocket and my hand goes right through it. It was like almost comical 
but it wasn't, you know, because his hand, like, he just kept reaching through, and his, like, fingers were <laughs> so dingling out my of the crazy coat. expensive ski coat, the seam in the bottom of the jacket had, had it was like a welded seam, it had broken, and my phone and all my delicious Snicker bars were gone. I mean, Gandhi. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, and, and Quinn was flying out like first thing the next day. And he's like, I don't even have the numbers of these people to call. <laughs> so we are like stressed beyond stressed about finding your phone. Yeah. So and to use that analogy is how many times in our life are we out maybe skiing the powder and maybe we're enjoying that, but all the little things in our life fall through. It's like we could be like you could be on cloud nine in your career or you could be, hey, I'm, I'm in the best social setting I've been in. And then all the little things around you, Megan, you know what I'm talking about. With yeah, the, the little things just passing you by. I think sometimes it could be your kids making you a picture and, yeah, and not you- taking the time to just look at it and say, you know, and now that, that we only have probably maybe a year or so left of those those pictures from our little guy and it is one that it's now my my gratitude my value I put on that is just through the roof but it's taking that time or or texting a friend or calling them yeah. you know and, and going back to that it's like your kid when they paint you a picture they don't have money so for them, it is like the greatest thing they can create for you. We always like to think about like when the, the art project comes home from school is like our kid just sitting there being like, I'm making a picture for my mama. <laughs> and it's just like how excited they are for that. And I don't think you could ever put money on how excited they are for that like art project for you to open it. Yeah, you know? And don't let that fall through your pocket. Or, for example, like Megan said, like a friend reaching out and calling you. If someone does that to you, well, do that back to somebody else. Like, don't let those moments fall through your pocket. Now, just so you know, randomly, my phone did appear, which is a total well, miracle. Yeah, find my phone. <laughs> and it was it was a whole, like, it, we were watching someone just randomly, it fell the right direction so it didn't fall through yeah, the powder it, it on fell, it. It fell flat and somehow suspended itself like a snowshoe. And if it would have fallen at an angle, it would have been gone forever. Yeah. And so, yeah, but with those, those small things, guys, that you, you put in that ski jacket, right? Letting them pass by is our, our last episode, the currency of time. And I have done this more times than not. And I'm trying to be very intentional now is we all say, oh, oh yeah, like I was going to call you or text you. I was so busy. And it's one of those of looking of, again, with karma, you're trying to project that out into the world. So taking that time to do it. Don't be narcissistic and look at it and say, dude, it will take me two seconds to text that person because this is big of what's going on in their life and be like, I'm thinking of you. And that, and there's been times um, that, I have really gone through, you know, kind of just bouts of almost, I would say a depression. For sure. Yeah. And, um, and it was just kind of that, woe me, I'm here, nobody cares, all of this. And I finally had to, you know, 
kick myself in the pants. Like I didn't have the depression and there's nothing wrong with being medicated. So if that was the case, we would have gone there, but it was more so for me, what my medication that I needed was a kick in my own pants of realizing what am I doing to project it out? I can't sit at home and say, no one's reaching out to me. No one cares about this because I'm not doing anything. Yeah. It's, it's to, to make this very simple. It's easy to say, well, I'm not invited when you never invite. Exactly. You you need to create that and you need to put it into action. Yeah, it's just like we w- talked about with surfing. You can you can fight the wave or you can flow with it. And so if you say if you just wait for something to happen, you'll never get off the shore. For sure. You for absolutely sure. have to put it out there. Yeah, and so a lot of it look at your life and what you are doing. Because doing things for other people, um, along the way, it's doing it for yourself. But it's taking away that narcissistic look of it, of what's happening to me. And really, all roads of gratitude lead to happiness. Yeah. and I All mean, of them do. It, it's shocking. So I, I made a goal just whenever I hung out with people, whenever I interact with people, is that night I go back and I send them a text. And they usually send a text back. And it feels good. Right. It's intentional. And like you just said, gratitude leads to happiness. Yeah. And in that happiness, it opens doors to more relationships with people that you didn't even know because you're open or you're sharing a piece of you like that story I told. And that opened a relationship. It improves your physical and psychological um, health and it enhances empathy. For people, everyone, situations, um, and that. And so having that gratitude in your life, the only road that it is ever going to lead down is happiness. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and riding that wave, baby. Riding that wave. Bro. I'm going to nerd squared. Yeah. Yeah. On the on this episode, we're, we're going to go two nerds. Two nerds. So This w- sounds like a bad joke. Like the, two nerds walk into the, a bar. Do not. I, well, I thought you were going to do a riddle. <laughs> no, nope, this, this to, is a joke. I was about ready to suck my thumb and go down on the floor and feel dumb for a while. Yeah. But uh, so we talked about gratitude being a verb, something that you put into action. And Megan just mentioned that gratitude leads to happiness. I'm going to throw another another aspect into this. I'm going to say that gratitude is the catalyst for happiness. You can't have one without the other. And if you think of if a catalyst is what starts a chemical reaction. So for example, a match would be the catalyst in fire. You light the match and you hold it to a log. It starts the log on fire, your trees on fire, and then you have a fire. And it's like baking soda would be the catalyst that you throw in the vinegar to make a sweet volcano on your Ooh, kitchen table. Or like the si- old science project? Yeah, like a yeah, science yeah. project. But really look at your gratitude. So when you're when we're getting into Thanksgiving and we're going around the table and you're having that uncomfortable Is this with you staring down staring at the table and not going, making I'm, a contact? I'm thankful for my family and I'm thankful I don't have to share any more emotions for a year. <laughs> All right, I, I'm, I'm done now. Uh, is there pie? Yeah, is there pie? <laughs> pie? Pie. So really think about that as your catalyst. Yeah, so going... Into this week of Thanksgiving, um, look at and and not first going into this week of Thanksgiving, you should probably watch the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. That's kind of that's a good gateway 
gateway to Thanksgiving. But I think moving on, this gratitude, obviously we're doing it because it's seasonal, but it's one of those, having happiness in your life, gratitude is is right there with it. And so focus on the 1% change. It's not something that is going to happen over overnight. It needs to be intentional. And it's one of those things that's going to take time. It's just like if you're going to build a muscle, it's going to have to take time. 1% change over and over. Um, and put it out into the universe. Have that karma. Look at it and say, okay, what can I do because I am going to, you know, my vibe is going to attract my tribe. <laughs> uh, my daughter would be cringing at that one. But do you know what I mean? Saying that, like, yeah, put it out in the universe. And that, like, if your vibe is, I want to be that social person that makes people at the gas station feel good about themselves. And you you keep working on that, that just 1%, that 1% of people that you're changing their life, it is going to come back full circle. And you're going to feel that happiness in your life and that gratitude is going to become more and more. You're going to be able to surf those waves like easier and easier and easier and stop fighting against it. Yeah. I mean, just like you said with 1% change to say that I'm going to, I'm going to live a life full of gratitude doesn't, doesn't put anything into effect, but just saying, you know what? I'm going to smile at a stranger as opposed to being guarded. Yeah. And I think, I mean, thank you. We talked about that saying, thank you. That is, it's great. It's great manners, but how can you take that? Thank you. And put it into actions in your life. How can you do things without, I mean, say the words, but how can you show that to those people around you, the people that you live with in your community, you know, that it's, it's the small things that you do that speak louder than the words that you say. Ooh, that is wild. Yeah, wise. look at that. Oh. I feel like we should put that in a quote somewhere. I mean, maybe we'll just, you know, I, there might be a Karen that will put it up on a board. <laughs> Live life, love, laugh, dance like nobody's watching. <laughs> no, so, no, it's more of where's your manager? Where's That's- your manager? Okay. <laughs> so um, just kind of in closing, you know, I, I think a good way to practice this and probably – the best way I heard it described was from Tony Robbins. I the man himself, the man Anthony Robbins. So I don't I don't necessarily know if I heard this in a podcast or or if I read it in a book. But Tony Robbins was talking about how his wife uh, had 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 uh, I think it was a ton of anxiety. No, it was motion sickness. And uh, they went to India and they went on this journey of meditation where she really learned how to meditate and how to put everything into perspective to, to distill this down to make her life a lot easier and to, to deal with this, this uh, infirmity that she had. And so Tony Robbins was straight up honest, and he said, I couldn't get into the meditation. He's like, my brain is way too busy. I couldn't do it. But he's like, so what I took from it and what I have been doing is he said, every morning when I get up, He's like, I spend five minutes with my eyes closed thinking about what I'm grateful for. And then he said, when I go to bed, I spend five minutes thinking about the things that I saw that day or that I experienced that I am grateful for. And he's like, it absolutely changed my perspective. So I was what, like, what, was it kind of like when I went to a yoga class at eight o'clock at night and at the very end, the meditation, I was like, ooh, I have cookies in the pantry. <laughs> 
Yeah. I am going to eat one of those when I go home. Is that what we're talking? No. Uh, did you manifest that into the universe and did yeah, it come no, true? Yeah, no, no. I was just like meditating and then I was like, ooh, they're there and this is going to bring joy into my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, something along those lines. But I, I, I took that challenge and I did that and it was an absolute game changer in the way that I looked at everything. And where do you do a lot of your said meditation um, for those who have not tuned into other episodes my hot tub is called the uss pleasure cooker so i wasn't just gonna say the uss pleasure cooker. yeah because they're, like what, is, they're what, like what what was kind going of on? weird ass stuff is he into? yeah yeah so quinn he his best thinking is in the hot tub and i'm gonna i'm gonna sometime when he's not paying attention i'm gonna get a picture because he'll sit there and he has both arms up on the side of the hot tub and he's staring out at the mountains like he's the freest man and he's you can tell that you're in deep thought deep thought the whole time it's incredible yes yes (laughs) so what you're saying is the challenge is take that time yeah so what i want to do because i think you know we've talked a lot about a ton of different subjects today in gratitude, but the takeaway and the challenge that I have for you guys this week to lay out is spend, try and spend five minutes a day where it's quiet. If it's laying down, going to bed, if it's first thing in the morning. And I think for moms, it could be after you get all the kids yeah, off to sit, school sit down on the, and you're in the car, turn off the music yeah, and ponder and, and just yeah. think, just say, okay, what am, what am I really grateful for? And I think by, do oh, I should say, I know by doing that, you'll feel a huge sense of love come over you because you'll realize what you have in your life. Yes. And, you'll, and also, you'll also realize that some of the most difficult things that you've gone through are some of the things that you're the most grateful for because of the lessons you've learned. Yeah, and um, we will be down the road doing a whole episode on regret, that subject. But remember, those hard things that a lot of times we like to take away, those are the things that you would not be sitting here right now being the person that you are. So, Absolutely. Well, we would like to thank everybody for tuning in this week. It's been a ton of fun. It's been a great week. Eat some turkey. Enjoy yourselves. And if you have the chance, please take this opportunity to share our podcast with your friends, families, and review it on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. And keep it classy. All right. Have a good one.